Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, hello, listeners and viewers. Welcome to Shocking Lurid Tawdry, A History of American Scandals, the podcast that recounts the scandals that America forgot. I'm your host, Mark Pikert. And I'm your co-host, Casey Howe. And welcome to and another episode, have... everyone. <laughs> and it's your week. It is my week. I'm very excited. I was so relieved to realize as I prepared to... Uh, <laughs> to do my to do this because uh as you know uh in my preparation to get to you i put something away on a shelf and tapped mm-hmm. my olive oil cruet mm-hmm. just right so that it uh just a perfect hole like a perfect one piece of one shard of glass fell even... out oh. and a cascade of olive oil rained down <laughs> upon my dish rack my very full dish rack oh uh, very full clean dish rack yes very difficult to get olive oil off of it that is. thickness of olive oil off of dishes. It is. It is. As they say, oil and water do not mix. So they're, they, don't. They, they tend to repel one another, which is very yeah. challenging when one is trying to tidy um, an olive A oil giant spill. pool of olive oil. Uh, yes. Also, fun fact, my entire apartment smells like olive oil now. <laughs> Also, olive oil's not cheap. That was a big loss all around. I'm sorry. There was also that. The only saving grace is I had just a little bit left in the giant metal canister. I live in Astoria, land of the Greeks. So I buy it in bulk from the Greek supermarket down the street. And I had almost refilled the the container because I thought, Uh I'm going to get rid of this metal thing and get it out of my house. And I didn't. So I do still have olive oil left. But uh, I'm going to have to go and buy another one of these because they're so handy. I know. Yes. I know. I I love the little crafts because then I leave it out and then I use it more. And then, you know, and they look so nice. I feel like I'm in an Italian villa every time I look at one. It's pleasing to the eye. It is. It is. Every time I love, I love how I'm like, every time I I use it for the salad that I make for lunch, as if I need to just saute something real quick. You know, I, I, absolutely. well, I cook with olive oil. I only cook with olive oil. I don't know how mm-hmm. that happened, but here we are. Yes. Well, that, cause that's the healthy way to do it. And we live in 2021. Yes. I do. I, was I almost said 2022. Yeah. <laughs> not correct. We're not there yet. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Shortly soon. Uh, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so guys, oh my goodness. If you if you are listening to this on a podcast, please know mm-hmm. that we are also available on YouTube with our faces. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Where we are currently we currently showed up that. in matching outfits. <laughs> we did. Um we did not do this um on purpose or coordinated. No. 
Um, apparently it's just, you know, we're melding together as one because of our time on this podcast together. So I, I would like to, to think that we are thematically dressed for spooky season now hmm. that it the, is October. Yes. Uh, yes. But to be frank, we look more like cater waiters <laughs> than anything else. Uh, so if you would like a stuffed mm -hmm. mushroom, uh, I do have those in the back. I will go and get you some. Marvelous. Excellent. Excellent. Those are always great. Good. A little bruschetta too, yeah. if you have a chance, you know, on the crustini. That well, would be you know what? marvelous. I would like a snack. I didn't get to hungry. the bruschetta before I broke the olive oil. So <gasps> oh. shit out of luck on that one. Sorry. <laughs> Never mind. Maybe we'll get a pigs in a blanket later if we're lucky. All right, now uh, okay. it is your week. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. So um, this is a story that is going to take us back to um, the 90s. Um, oh. And just I'm just going to set the scene a little bit first um, for all the youths that listen. Um, in Our the target 90s, demo, yes. Yes, I know. I know there are so many of them. I don't want to feel left out in the knowledge of what was going on in the 90s. So... In the 90s, um, there was this thing called crack cocaine that was going around. Again, for all the for all the youths, cocaine is the powder that people snort. Crack actually is synthetic cocaine that you needed to cook down and shoot up, but it's not heroin. So it was a little, it was an odd time. Anyway, um, so that was spreading around. And the, the thing with crack is that, um, and it was... Uh, it was cheap, right? So you had, it was cheap and it was really flooding um, a lot of the inner cities and other areas of America, of course, but it's, it was known to be really um, flooding the inner cities, uh, particularly, um, you know, Newark, New York, Los Angeles, that type of thing. Um, within Los Angeles, particularly think of um, Watts and all of, and, and, and yeah. Compton and sort of, um, East LA and that kind of thing. So, um, this is all happening in the nineties just to take you back. Um, meanwhile, politically, since this is a political scandal, you also have some of the fallout that's still happening from Iran Contra. So Iran Contra, we think of as more of an, an eighties, early nineties scandal. Um, but the, really the fallout of Iran Contra came as far as the, the domestic fallout of what was happening was still very much being felt, maybe not from a politician politician's standpoint, but from a, you know, us funding another country and the drugs and how Nicaragua and South America was all, it was all still very much intertwined. So just because we said, okay, we're going to stop selling, um, you know, weapons and doing that, the, the conflict didn't go away, right? So that yeah. was still very much part of what was happening. Um, and those two things kind of collide in this scandal. So um, for, and obviously Iran-Contra is a story for another day. We'll get there. Um, but that one people still kind of forget. So maybe that does count as um, part of our podcast because sometimes people well, are like, Iran-Contra, what was that thing again? Yeah. I mean, I can only hold Iran-Contra in my head for a day, and once 24 <laughs> hours has passed, I cannot tell you, like, who was the good one and who was the, like, I have no idea. I know there were hostages. Yes. Um, at some point. Uh, yes, uh, yes. It led, well, like, it, the hostages kind of. led into, anyway, also not bit. this episode, so no. don't <laughs> ignore me. Keep going with yours. No. Anyway, so, um, in 1997... 
a journalist named Gary Webb, who was a reporter for the San Jose Mercury News, published published a story called Dark Alliance. Um, In it, he reported that the CIA had turned a blind eye to drug traffickers in Southern California because they were Nicaraguan. Essentially, he said the strategy was that the CIA said we won't prosecute these Nicaraguan drug dealers so that they can filter money back to the Contras. Okay. Uh Um, Instead, they would identify these drug dealers and use them as protected government sources and government witnesses to expose more low-level pushers and prosecute them. That's what he said. He said the CIA is turning a blind eye to known drug dealers in the United States, specifically California. So, And the reason that he targeted California is because San Jose Mercury News is in California. So that's Mm -hmm. why he's laser focusing on that. So he's saying, look, there are these drug dealers in California. The CIA knows about them and we're not going after them. We're using them to prosecute other people, which does happen. Um, We do use known, you know, criminals to try and get to other criminals. So that does happen. So he publishes this story um, and that's what he says. That's it. That's all he says. So that's not what gets picked up though. So the problem begins for Gary when um, major news outlets get a hold of this and start to weave this new story. So they take the story and they start twisting it to imply that the CIA was, was knowingly funneling drugs into black neighborhoods and using the foreign drug traffickers to prosecute black drug dealers within those communities. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, and please, um, no one come and sue us and CIA. That is, I am staying with Gary Webb's story personally, that maybe they just were sort of not prosecuting these drug dealers, whatever. But. Um, I don't so. know. I wasn't there. I was busy. <laughs> I was working. <laughs> um. So. That's what happens. So this story just blows up. Like, can you imagine the outrage in these communities um, of saying, wait, so the government is now funneling drugs or saying, go for it to massive amounts of this terrible drug that's highly addictive. It was really just decimating these communities. Um, And so this becomes a very big deal. Um, The, oh my gosh, sorry, Siri was talking to me. Um, I've got got cars drag racing on the street behind me. I don't know why she pops in occasionally. Anyway, I'll Google that later. Um, so, (laughs) um, So basically that's what, what started to snowball. So um, the fact that that was not what Gary said in his story, and he went on several interviews, because obviously this was breaking news. His public, his original story was, you know, a big deal, got tons of interview requests. And he went on. And anytime they started to twist the story, he said, well, wait, no, no, no. That's not what I said. I said, we need to look into this more. But I didn't say that. I didn't make that leap. So he does go to extensive links 
to try and correct and bring back what he was actually saying. Um, But by this time, nobody cares. Um, The CIA, larger publications, um, and the government in in general said, well, Gary said it and he's the bad guy. And it's just not true. So they go, um, they started calling him crazy. They said he was a terrible journalist with no sources. All he had was this disgruntled ex-agent and who can trust that? Um, the press was terrified to look into the CIA because at the time, you know, and now, um, you know, they like <laughs> to keep things secret. That's kind of their thing. They don't like too many people poking around, um, you know, so... And then even when, like, some people did try and follow up on the story, there was a Washington Times or Washington Post person that said, okay, let me, let me dig into this. By the time they started digging into this, all of Gary's sources ended up dead or missing. So, and they, because they were, you know, other drug traffickers, bankers in Nicaraguan, all these people who had to either hide, do other illegal things. So everybody ends up dead and they keep coming back to him and Gary's like, talk to this person. And they're like, I can't find him. He's nowhere. He disappeared. So, um, so the media, like I said, just quickly, quickly turned against him. Um, under a lot of pressure, he resigned from the Mercury, Mercury News shortly thereafter. Um, and this is also despite the fact that his editors were told everybody was on the same page they were publishing the story like everybody was like yep run it we're all good like this checks out this checks out this checks out fully on board all of a sudden under the bus he goes um gary for years kept pursuing this story um it ruined his life it ruined his marriage um he was he became um paranoid he was convinced he was being followed by all these cia agents um and for a couple reasons, but one was that his car kept getting vandalized. Like they kept like, you know, breaking the windows and it didn't matter where he was. He could move hotels. He could move this. And like, they'd find, he was like, yeah, something's fishy. And I was like, mm-hmm, yeah, um, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Um, he also throughout this time for the next couple of years, he um, ended up supposedly having, um, and supposedly because he wasn't really able to publish a lot, a lot of other things, but based on his notes and other interviews and things that he told people um, at the time, he reportedly had sources show up at his hotel room um, and break more news of the case of like, actually, you need to follow this guy and you need to follow that guy. Um, and then he said, look, I need somebody to go on the record. I need somebody to go on the record. And everybody's like, no, 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 no. I'm too scared. I'm too scared. I won't do it. I won't do it. Um, and so he he could never really publish anything again because he didn't everybody was just going to say that he was crazy and was making it up um so meanwhile um the la communities are furious um they are the the local politicians and even um uh, senators and house members are going back to their communities they're holding holding rallies they're holding protests um, wanting the government to fix this, right? If they created it, they need to fix it. You're responsible for this. You did this to us. So there's that whole narrative that's running alongside, and there are lo- there's lots of footage 
um, of these protests and the and the signs and the and the rallies and the trying to get um, all of these, you know, the government to to a fess up that they did this and yeah. say, yeah, whoops, um, or at least say that like there were unintended consequences that we didn't see, which would have. I think been another option to be like, you know, we kind of had this like strategy and oh shit, whoops, like we fucked up, you know? And they, um, at the time, like absolutely did not say anything. They were like, nope, nope, this is just all made up. It's all made up. We would never, we would never. Um, so yeah, so this whole thing's happening. So it's, it's at the time it was absolutely, um, a, a scandal for, you know, in, in 97, it was a, a pop-up sort of scandal of like, wait a second, what's happening? And the government knew what, yeah. and for how long, and, you know, you've again, decimated all of these communities for still to this day, um, there are definite repercussions. Um, but Gary, okay. So Gary was, um, as I said, never able to practice journalism again. Um, in 2004, seven years to the day that he resigned from the Mercury News, um, Webb was found dead in his apartment. Uh, he was shot twice in the head, and the death was ruled a suicide. So. Uh huh. It's, I mean, yeah. I just think it's really hard to shoot yourself twice in the head. Not impossible. Really? Okay. I'd like you to, like, to, I'd like to workshop that with you. I mean, like uh, maybe you, know you miss, like maybe like you, you get an ear once or something and you're like, no, I'm really determined. Like I am doing I this. Did did anyone like, uh, question this or did it just go completely unnoticed because seven years later, who remembers Gary Webb? Kind of. Yeah. But I don't know how it got ruled a suicide. Like, I don't know how the coroner, like no one really knows how the coroner came to that. They kind of, yeah. they're like, oh, it's a suicide. Gary's dead now. Okay. Book closed. Off we go. But no, you can't um, shoot yourself twice in the head. It was not a suicide. Oh, yeah. that's, not great. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So, um, to date, the CIA has never admitted to the strategy of non-prosecution um, or, of course, the larger sort of snowball allegation. Um, the In 1998, the CIA did release its own report that said that agents had associated with members of the Contra movement. Um, who engaged in, in drug trafficking. Um, the CIA director did resign as a result of the report. Um, the DOJ actually wrote its own report about Gary Webb and the whole story at the time um, and said that things may have been mishandled. Um, and they could have done a better job to protect, you know, communities. Um, basically, as I said a little bit earlier, they said, you know, maybe we did some things that had consequences that we didn't see, but how could we possibly? So there is a DOJ report if anybody wants to read it. Um, yeah. When did people start resuscitating Gary Webb's reputation? Is this a recent um, thing? Not, well, no, because this is, um, 
Not really. So, um, well, here's the problem with this whole scandal is that why, like as a nation, we don't know this, like this is not in my opinion, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the CIA and crack cocaine, like that's not really a narrative that we have held on to. But the reason um, that we don't remember uh, well, the reason that we don't remember the time when the CIA and the DOJ said, you know, oh, we probably made some mistakes and poisoning black communities for the rest of the decade is because um, it was 1998 and we didn't care about coke or crack cocaine because we only cared about a blowjob. Uh. <sighs> And we can only do we cannot, one thing at a we time. We cannot get away from... You know what? I reject that because <laughs> you and I are covering impeachment every other week and we're recording a new scandal. So true. If we can do it, America, we can all do it. Let's... We yeah. can multitask. So, yes. So that's the story. We absolutely, as, as I said, we do not have this as our little, as our national, you know, and, and I'm not even saying that the snowball thing happened. I am saying that there were probably unintended, unintended consequences for not prosecuting drug Lords. And Oh, by the way, if you were going to use this, them as government protected witnesses to prosecute, like the LA drug dealer, like that's not that's not the answer like that. You need to have yeah. be accountable for that. John Kerry did say he was the one who sort of came out at the time. And there's a big, there's a statement. He made a statement on it. Um, but again, sort of lost to history. Like no one remembers this. So there, there's a film that came out in, um, I'm going to get the year wrong, but call it 2018. Um, probably right before the pandemic. So we don't even remember it then. Yay. Um, <laughs> called Kill the Messenger with Jeremy Renner. That's a pretty fun portrayal, not fun, but fun-ish oh, portrayal of this. Yes. Um, and so what I did was I absolutely, I watched, ended up watching that. And I was like, this is interesting. Did this really happen? And then went back and did all the research for it. And I was like, yep, sure did. Like, so. Was Brian um, Cranston yeah. in that? No. No, I'm thinking of something um, else. Never mind. Ignore me. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm trying to think of the other. There isn't a lot of um other actually. No. I can see the poster. John Ham might be in it. Yeah, he has the glasses and the um Yeah. Yeah. So Oh, it's twenty fourteen. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. See? Time. Um, but yeah, so I they think there was that like there was a bit of an attempt to um to um, sort of correct Gary Webb's reputation in history. But I think um, that, you know, the the single film is not necessarily going to do that. But he always maintained that he was not, you know, he, he reported on the facts that he had and did not sort of take those extra leaps. But he was absolutely yeah. the ball guy for... Um, you know, for, for certainly the CIA and larger publications just to hide behind so that they didn't have to question the government and the CIA because they didn't want to. And so at the time they were like, I don't know, this guy's crazy. But the black communities were like, no, like this is happening. Like this makes sense. So again, it's a, we can't really prove what lines up to what, but that is the scandal of, um, 
CIA crack and the Contras. Also very topical because it's so having read Catch and Kill. Mm, yeah. Uh, like if you're like, you, yeah, if they, I buy it. If they smear you enough, you're discredited and you don't, yeah. the story that you're doing, no matter how accurate it is, does not yeah. see the light of day. And if the yeah. New Yorker hadn't picked up the Ronan Farrow stuff, like, yeah, we would be in a very different world. You would be having yeah. to deal with Harvey Weinstein this award season. Oh my God, I would. And so true. Oh, that kid. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's very true. So it's, that's where I think that stories like this and scandals like this are, you know, there was absolutely an effort to cover up this scandal and it was successful. It was hugely successful. So, you know, I think that that's something where, um, you know, and I think that, that the effort was made because the cost of coming clean and taking responsibility for it was just way too high. Just way too high. Yeah. So. Well, it's, I was going to say it's one of those pre-internet scandals where. Yeah. Kind of withered on the vine because the internet was not there to fuel the fire. But there are so many things, even post, you know, 2003, that have disappeared from. I'm toying with the idea of doing an episode about Sharon Stone's husband being bitten by a Komodo dragon at the zoo. <laughs> I love that. Fully supportive. Because I went down a deep rabbit hole uh, on that when I was on vacation. And I was like, I don't know if it's a scandal. I kind of, maybe. But it's, it's fucking weird. And yeah. then years later, maybe this is the episode. Years later, she saw Komodo dragon just walking down the street near her home. That's, That's very, too many too Komodo crazy. dragons in yeah. one life. Yes. Not okay. Not okay. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I like it. I'm supportive. Yeah. So much like Gary Webb of, getting his car yeah. vandalized, Komodo dragons are just out to get Sharon Stone now. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was um, it was crazy. I just, I think, you know, there's lots of those scandals. I think that, um, you know, we, and I think sometimes we think of them. I, I thought about this one. And I was like, eh, is that just like a story or is it a scandal? And I said, but the fact that, the CIA was so intertwined with what happened and was such a big part of his story. Um, you know, he broke the news, but the scandal was the aftermath of it. Like he was just yes. doing his job. Like he was like, Hey people, I think you should probably know about this. And they, and it just blew up. So, and I think that happens a lot, especially with the scandals that we tell between Hollywood and politics. I think that a lot of times, and we have to remember this, you know, I'm actually thinking about it now. We have to remember this with like um, the the coverage of like the Murdoch family and the murders and what's that whole thing of it's like, okay, but what's real? And then what is the yeah. media either just taking and regurgitating or what are they taking and making more, um, more better TV, you know, better, yeah. better coverage, more interesting, which is exactly what happened with this. They, here's the information and they just took it two steps further and made yeah. assumptions that weren't there. And you can make assumptions, but you know, if, I think we rely on our news outlets a lot to just give us the news. And I think a lot of times um, that's not necessarily always their job. And I think as consumers, we'd have to remember that, that, you know, they have, their job is to make money just like mine is. It's just a matter of how they go about it. 
So we have to remember yeah, that there's, there is, there's, there's absolutely no journalist integrity. Don't, don't get me wrong. There is. And what they do is very, very hard, but I think there are a lot of, um, especially with television, a lot of cogs that get twisted. Well, I mean, I'm not objectivity, so object, objectivity is the ideal, but mm-hmm. it's shockingly absent. Yeah. Well, more than too, you yeah. would think. And I think too, I mean, as consumers, we need to remember that. And then I think as, you know, as, as media outlets to say, like, there's no way that I can really sit here and say, I'm going to give you a story that's unbiased because A, I'm on camera. You're going to see my facial expressions. Like you, yeah, like even that, right. Even sarcasm, even, even, yeah. you know, you're weaving it in there and it's, you know, we have to sort of remember that I think. Um, and I think we all like, this is a common thread. This is not new news. We're all like, be careful what you listen to, be careful what you watch. But, you know, I think it's like, you know, these stories are always a good reminder of like, oh yeah, this has been happening for obviously a long time. And there are mechanisms to make this spin the way that the powers that be are, want it to. So, and that's just reality and that's just reality and that's fine. Yes. And that's exactly why I only do arts and entertainment. Yeah. I don't want to do hard news. No. My Mm -hmm. God. I would have to get a car and then watch my car get vandalized everywhere that I went. (laughs) I don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. I'll just write about film and TV, not theater. No. Never again. No. Oh, well, poor Gary Webb. Let's pour it I know. I know. I know. We should. I mean, it's, that's the thing. It's a very tragic tale of someone who, as I said, was, was really just doing their job and sharing, you know, I think trying to do a service and help people. And yeah, it's not, unfortunately, um, it, it ended in tragedy. So yeah. Well, let's not be Gary Webb's with this show. Okay. <laughs> so, Mark, shocking, lurid, tawdry. Uh, I would say shocking. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say shocking, uh, if for no other reason than he shot himself twice, and that is shocking. That is shocking. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, that's shocking. That's true. That is shocking. Hmm. Hmm. 